The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pod the Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 18 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Greetings. (laughs) Salut. Shalom. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. What is going on? I hope that all of you are well and that you're starting to get back into the swing of things for the new school year. Um, It's weird. I feel like it definitely feels like a new school year, but it's just very different. I'm I'm only leaving the apartment now or have to leave my apartment now once a week on Tuesdays uh, to teach my Tuesday basic beginner ballet. Uh, sorry, it's a basic ballet class at Broadway Dance Center. That's at 4 p.m. if you want to take it. Um, it's online. But so I leave for that. But other than that, the past few weeks without having to do Love Letter, I've mostly been home and I think that I need to get out a little bit more often. But luckily, I will be uh, actually subbing for a teacher who is pregnant at the children's program for Broadway Dance Center. Yes, they have a children's program. Um, I'll start that next Thursday. So I'll be out of the house at least Tuesdays and Thursdays. How many of you are not getting out very much at all? I'm sure that many of you are in the same boat as me. Um, Here in New York City, it's strange because um, they're actually now allowed to hold children's classes for different after school programs, but um, we're still not allowed to hold open classes. So um, still doing mostly virtual teaching. And yeah, I'll be adding that extra one to my class next week. But yeah, I don't know. It's been kind of weird. I feel like I've been going in and out of a a good and bad emotional state. Um, (laughs) It's I feel very isolated right now, not seeing a lot of people. Um, And I I can go outside. I go for walks. uh, But for me, like I've been missing, I guess that in, that face to face interaction. Maybe I need to put in a little bit of an investment into that. But I I find that I'm spending more time on my social media and less time face to face. And honestly, it's been kind of difficult, and it's it's been burning me out. So um, I'm making some choices, which I hope that all of you will do when you when you come across this, because I'm sure we all will at some point. Um, this will be a shorter episode because um, I've just been really struggling to build different content lately. Um, and that's across all of my platforms. Um, like with my social media, it's interesting. My social media was doing really, really, really well for the past uh, couple of months. And then the new school year started like after Labor Day. And it's been like crickets. It's been crazy. And the harder I try, like the worse it gets. And I just like think maybe if I don't try for a little while, uh, A, I'll feel better. (laughs) And B, it will uh, hopefully get people curious again about what what I'm sharing. But um, yeah, so right now, I guess we're currently with with everything that's been going before it was all about our, our actual health. Now it's also about our mental health. So I've been just trying to take some steps to, to do that. I haven't been 
uh, trying to be as productive, honestly, like I can continue to be, be productive, but I've been giving myself more time to do mindless things, which I don't ever really have time to do. Um, but like playing video games, um, what else? Uh, just like finding different activities that I can do that don't have the pressure of like people watching me and expecting things of me and, uh, all that. So Yeah, that's what I'm doing. What else is new? I've been reading The Nutcracker. Crazy, right? Um, I have never read The Nutcracker. And I I mean, I I stopped counting at a certain point, but I'm pretty sure I've performed it like between 500 and 1,000 times. Like no joke, no exaggeration. Um, And I guess I've always just trusted other people's interpretations of The Nutcracker. Um, But I am currently working on developing an immersive Nutcracker that will be live next season. And we're hoping to do a digital uh, version of it, at least a portion of it this year. Um, And I figured that I should probably know the real story of The Nutcracker. So craziness, there's no party scene in the actual book. Um, there's like a castle that uncle Drosselmeyer gives the, gives the family of Marie also often known as Clara. And, um, there are little scenes in there that represent, that are similar to the party scene. But the thing is, it's like one of those holiday, like plug-in houses where like somebody pops their head out of the door somebody goes back in the door, somebody pops their head out of the door, somebody comes back in the door. Um, I don't know. I was just quite shocked that there's no party scene. Um, I'm, I've, just finished the battle scene and I uh, am at the point of like where Clara or Marie actually in the book starts to reawaken. So it's interesting. But yeah, so the reason that I'm reading the Nutcracker, like I said, I'm, I'm in the process of creating a movement headquarters, very own Nutcracker that we can perform year after year. And it's going to be very, very different. Um, if you've ever heard of the color factory in New York or the museum of ice cream in San Francisco, um, it's going to be set up in an immersive way, uh, inspired by that, but also telling the story of the Nutcracker. It might be a little bit more uh, adult. I mean, it's not going to be like rated R or NR or X, (laughs) none of that, but, um, it's it's definitely going to have a, a more adult storyline, um, but I'm uh, I'm really excited for it. We're actually doing a fundraiser right now um, on Indiegogo. So if you go to my Instagram, I have the link in my bio or on Movement Headquarters. It's uh, at B Carolis. Uh, it's K-E-R-O-L-L-I-S, or you can go to at movement underscore headquarters, and the link is there. Um, or just Indiegogo. Uh, you can Google Indiegogo and the Promen Nutcracker, P-R-O-M-E Nutcracker. Um, and that's promenading Nutcracker. It's a working name. But um, we've raised 25% of uh, our goal in the first two weeks, and we're hoping to exceed our goal of $10,000. We've actually just recently gone and match, uh, or sorry, a, a, a previous donor has agreed to match the next $1,000 in donation uh, dollar, donations dollar for dollar. So help us meet our match. Please uh, head on over and check that out. Um, and I'll probably include it in our description on iTunes and on our, uh, our webpage as well for Premier Dance Network. So help us make this a reality. Um, oh, what else? So exciting. I can finally announce this just a couple of hours ago. So it's Thursday. Um, this will come up on Friday, but on, on the 17th of September, um, they finally announced that Movement Headquarters, we received a, uh, an emergency grant um, from Dance NYC, uh, which is 
super, super, super exciting. It's the Coronavirus Dance Relief Fund for dance-making organizations and groups. Um, so I applied for this grant um, for Movement Headquarters back in, I don't know, June or July, um, because I wanted to be able to pay our dancers for their time for Love Letter, those outdoor performances we did um, throughout New York in August. And we were awarded a $3,000 uh, emergency grant, which uh, allowed me to pay the dancers um, to give myself a little bit of a salary, which is something I should be doing, but I don't always do. A lot of my work I actually don't get paid for, including these podcasts. So um, I, the plan is down the line to pay myself like a regular salary with the company, but I often don't. Um, and then some of the money will also go towards uh, building this, uh, paying the artists for um, this nutcracker that we're about to put on. So it's really exciting. I, I haven't really ever gotten a grant before. Um, so to, to get this, it's, it's, I'm just so grateful to the, the granting organization for taking us into consideration and seeing the value that we bring to New York City and the, the dance community beyond that um, and, and supporting our different endeavors. So um, yeah, that's exciting, isn't it? Um, yeah. Okay, cool. I think that that's pretty much like all of my announcements, but cool, 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 cool beans. Cool. Did I say cool enough? Okay. Um, so today's episode, I thought that I would talk about working my way back into shape. Um, I know that like it's different everywhere across the world. Um, I actually, I got really depressed yesterday. Like I said, mental health has been way up and down people. I got really depressed yesterday. I'm writing an article for Point Magazine and I had to interview the director of Finnish National Ballet in Helsinki, Finland um, for this. And she had such lovely responses and um, very inspiring uh, interview. But at the very end, (laughs) I was a mess at the very end. she wrote, I know that it's really tough over in the United States right now, but there is light in the tunnel. Um, that's how she put it, direct quote, unquote. And I like started crying and I don't cry very often. <laughs> um, maybe it's PTSD. I don't know. Um, I've cried a few times in the last couple of weeks, but um, I just got really emotional because I realized like how much I really miss uh, being in the studio and the fact that like if the government does it right, that you can bring the case load for COVID-19 down enough to actually be having performances. They're preparing. They've, they're already performing right now and they're preparing their entire season. Um, they have like precautions in place, but they're actually like partnering. It's crazy to me. Um, and I just got really upset because like, I haven't had that opportunity yet. And I know I'm not performing, but like, I just want to get back in the studio. Um, but yeah, then I look across the country and there are like different levels of, uh, reentering our practice. And, um, actually there was another, I'm talking about dance media a lot just because, you know, I'm up in it, but, um, there was an article by uh, one of my friends, Adam Sklute over at Ballet West, the director of Ballet West. And, um, it was just saying like how they're getting back into things, um, and I just think it's very interesting to see like how everybody is like slowly making their way back. But here in New York, we're way behind. Like I said, children's classes can can start, but um, 
not like open classes. And I know New York City Ballet and American Ballet Theater aren't back in rehearsals yet. I think that they might just slowly start getting back in the studio or they just started to get back in the studio. Um, but yeah, so we're all in different places. So I figured I would tell you what I'm doing to get myself back into shape. And while I am retired and not performing, like I still try to keep myself in uh, like very strong shape um, because as a choreographer, you have to really be able to show your stuff. And then also I find that um, for my teaching and my choreography, if I am not in shape, I'm a lot more likely to injure myself. Um, so yeah, I've been slowly rebuilding my technique, um, getting back in the studio. So <clears throat> I'm going to give you an idea of like what I did when I first started to get back into my practice. Cause I did take some time off during COVID, not a lot. Um, but it was sort of like in and out, in and out. Um, and then after I tell you how I started to, then I'm going to tell you what my plans are actually going into the rest of this. So, um, one thing that I find is a lot of dancers just go back into taking class, like from beginning to end. And Honestly, that makes no sense to me. Um, as a professional in the United States, our contracts usually aren't 52 weeks out of the year. So uh, we're not required to stay in shape 52 weeks out of the year. Plus, like your body needs a break. You can't just dance for an entire year straight um, over and over and over again. Uh, it's possible, but uh, your body should take breaks to like let it recover from all of the wear and tear and any injuries that you might be dealing with, whether small or large. So um this is kind of a process that I've cultivated over the years. Um, and I would like to endow that upon you. Um, so yeah, I never, ever, ever go back after like more than two weeks off taking like from the beginning of bar all the way into big jumps. Um, if I've had two weeks or more off, I always start building my techniques from, from, from the ground up from scratch. Um, I, always restart just taking bar, doing plies, a tendu from first, a tendu from fifth, no fast tendus. Um, and I mean, I say that like, maybe you think fast tendus are fast tendus, but if you've ever uh, danced for a balancing company or gone to the school of American Ballet or like a balancing school, um, fast tendus are much faster than like tendus from fifth. Um, <laughs> they, they usually take place in fifth, but they're like, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's like really fast. Um, so I skip those jetés in first, jetés in fifth, and then rond de jambe. So it's the idea that like, just like getting the legs used to bending and straightening and then like working your leg in, in a straight line, front side and back on the floor. Um, and then doing the same to 45 degrees in straight lines, um, front side and back, and then slowly like incorporating the rotation of the hip joint in the rond de jambes. Um, I think that's really important just to sort of like wake up your, your muscles and your joints and your bones and to remind them, um, like this is what it feels like to move in this way because it's not normal. Um, and the less that you do it, the less normal it is. Um, so just sort of reawakening that there. Um, and then from there, every day that I take, I add a combination. Um, so granted, if I am taking every day, then I add a combination every day. But even if I do a class one day and then I don't do it for two or three days, I might spend a couple classes just doing like rond up to rond de jambes until I feel like my muscles are getting back into a place where they can support the other things. Um, one thing that I do do uh, in my reawakening of technique, in my, my rebuilding of technique, um, 
that I wouldn't typically do um, in a regular class. And I, you can't really do this as much if you are taking like a school class. Um, hopefully your teachers are guiding you. But um, even in an open class, if I was taking, I wouldn't necessarily do this. But um, I'll add cross-training in between certain combinations. So um, right now what I'm doing is I will do, I, I, I do these lean backs for my lower abs. And then I do like a twisting for my, my obliques in the lean back as well. Um, I'll do that before I even start. And then um, after jeté from fifth before round de jambes, I'll do like bridges where I lay on my back and I hold my rear end up in the sky um, or I'll do like pulses up um, and hold for a couple seconds and do that like 10 to 20 times um, to build my glutes so that I'm like starting to re-engage my abs, re-engage my, my glutes and then like really focusing on my core. Um, so I'll do that so that it's the idea that not only am I building like the feeling of dancing, but I'm building the muscles uh, that I'm not necessarily directly working with, but they're supporting my body moving as well. Um, so yeah, from there, each day that I, or each time that I take class, I'll add like Ronde Jean-Monlaire, I'll add fondue. Um, maybe I'll reincorporate like faster tendus into it. And so I'll work backwards a little bit, get those tendus in there. Um, I definitely make sure that I stretch no matter what. So that's always incorporated no matter how far along I get in the class. Um, and then building to the adagio, the frappes, the grand batmas. Um, one thing that I will do is I might repeat the combinations from like one day to the next day um, just to like work in that capacity. But then beyond two days, I typically don't repeat uh, the same combinations um, because I... Yes, I'm trying to build muscle memory, but I don't want to only build that muscle memory. I want to like build a larger variety of uh, options when it comes to muscle memory. Um, but yeah, I'll try to incorporate different ideas. Like in jeté, maybe I'll one day I'll focus on accent in on the jeté, and the other days I'll focus on the accent out. Um, maybe I'll really focus on the feeling of wrapping the foot to go out to pas de cheval and down and then wrapping the foot to go up to devil to pay and down. Um, or I'll focus on the energy snapping back in for like a petit patma or like an enveloppe in like a jeté combination or like the rond de jambe that comes on layer that comes quickly in and smoothly out quickly in and smoothly out. Um, so I'll try to th make uh, thematic classes. I'll build themes so that um, that specific day I'm working on something particular uh, that, and then I change it the next day so that I'm like really making a colorful spectrum of technique for me to pull from in my dancing. Um, so yeah, other cross training that I'll add into there is I'll do, I do, I call them prayers. Um, I don't have a yoga ball in my apartment. Um, so what I'll do is I have a chair that's like heavy and I'll, I'll lean forward onto it and I'll hold my elbows and put my hands in like a prayer position, check my abs, check my glutes, make sure they're engaged. Uh, I might even add some, uh, lunges, lunging exercises, different things like that. Um, dynamics, dynamic, uh, ac actions are often good for these types of things. I'm not so much of like a stagnant, like hold a position type person. I like to keep it dynamic and moving throughout. So, um, cause when you're dancing, you're not usually just like holding and staying still unless you're like really adagioing, <laughs> adagioing, <laughs> adagio, I can't talk, adagioing, that's not even a word it out, but, um, you're usually moving. So I like to do a lot of my cross training with dynamic movement as opposed to stagnant still movement. Yeah. So, okay. Then, uh, 
to sort of mix things up, I'll often add yoga, a yoga practice once or twice a week. And I won't typically do ballet during these days, but even as you really start to like ramp it up, you might even want to do like a half hour of yoga before you do like your ballet class. Um, but yeah, I'm practiced enough to do uh, like give myself a solid yoga class. Um, but I, if, if you're not like, for instance, my husband and I sometimes will do yoga together and I'll guide it, but he really loves, um, what is it? It's core power yoga. Um, it's an app that you can get on like a Roku TV or on your, on your different like phone, iPad, computer, whatever it is. Um, and it's $20 a month. I think it was like a week free before that. Um, but it's actually been really worth it. Cause if you think about it, if you take a yoga class, like in normal times, it usually is, 15 to 25 dollars but um taking it uh in this capacity you're really paying for one class and you have all of like like a hundred options of classes to take and you can really like find the ones that you like and repeat them or always have a different option if that's what really keeps you inspired but yeah so i add yoga one to two days weekly and i really like yoga because it works a lot in parallel and i think that that's important because it's like in ballet you're working turned out and then in yoga you kind of like counteract the muscles so that you're almost like massaging them in and out and in and out. And I think, I think it really, for me, like I honestly, since I got back into my yoga practice, I haven't gone to the chiropractor once. And, um, I was like a every week or two weeks type person. Um, so yeah, I really like yoga. If you like Pilates or you like gyrotonics, um, or I don't know if there's any other types of classes. I don't know much about bar fitness classes. Um, or aerobics or different things like that. Cycling. Um, there, there are tons of options out there that you can add that have uh, a cardio element to it. I like to really do a fast paced yoga class because it, it gets my heart rate going. Um, and I'll even add my cross training. Like I'll do push ups um, Every time I go down through Chaturanga, instead of doing like just Chaturanga down to up dog, I'll, I'll do uh, one push up and then I'll go through it and I'll do two push ups. And I go through that until I get to 10 push ups. So yeah, there are a bunch of ways to do that. Um, from there, then I, I make sure that uh, I start building my center work. Um, and again, building one combination at times. We'll do tondus uh, in center, then I'll do pirouettes from fifth the next day, and then I'll add adagio, and then uh, a variety of pirouettes. Um, if you hear a noise in the background, they just started doing construction behind my apartment. Welcome to the city. Um, so hopefully it's not going to be too loud and you'll be able to hear me. I don't think it is. Otherwise, I'd move to another room. But yeah, so um, then I, I kind of stopped at jumps for quite a while, especially because I, we didn't know when we were going to go back into different, um, go back into the studio and jumping in my apartment, aside from the fact that like I have neighbors, and I don't want to knock things down because uh, my husband has it decorated to the T's, to the nines, whatever it is. We have so many decorations. Um, but yeah, so I... Uh, I didn't jump for a while because it's not safe. Um, you honestly should be dancing on a sprung floor. Um, and yeah, I mean, a lot of stages aren't sprung, but it's the idea. If this is for maintenance, I shouldn't be causing detriment, just trying to maintain. So I didn't jump for a long time and my legs have gone really, 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 really weak. Um, so I've, I left jumping off my roster for a while. So what I did was this. I did my my bar and then I did my my center work. As I built, I would slowly start doing each combination twice because typically that's what you do in a class two or more times. So we I do tondus twice and then I would only do like turns from fifth once and adagio once and then like a couple of days later I would do 
Tanju's twice, turns from fifth twice, but I'd only do Adagio once, and then I would do my my uh, pirouettes. And then from there, I, I built up until I've been doing everything twice. And some days I don't, some days I do. It's really like what I have available. I have a lot of other work that I'm doing between movement headquarters and writing for dance magazine, social media, um, teaching virtually. I've been doing a handful of private lessons virtually and coaching. And cor- I actually choreographed a Youth America Grand Prix solo virtually. Um, so I have a lot on my plate. If you can just focus on your dancing, do that. If you're doing school and dancing, you might be also on the same page that I am. But yeah, so then when it came to jumping, this is the most important part. I finally got sick of it and I said, you know what, I'm going to jump at home. So I went, um, what I first started doing was I didn't do technical jumps. Um, I started just jumping in parallel off of two feet. I'd do 10 and then I'd do two sets of 10 and try to up it to like 16 or 20 um, and then I went away from the wall. Oh, sorry. I forgot that I was holding onto the wall. Then I went away from the wall and I started doing two foot jumps, um, in center. So it'd be first position, like sautés, second position, sautés, um, fifth position, changement, pretty much just that rebuilding my strength. Then I went back to the wall after some, t- after a few times of practicing this throughout different days. And then I started doing parallel jumps, holding the, holding the wall with, on one foot Again, 10 on one side, 10 on the other, building more and more and more. Um, then I didn't go straight to jumping uh, to one foot. I, I started doing traveling steps with like glissade. So two feet to two feet, but there's like moments where you're landing on one foot, the other one's landing with you. Um, things like that. Then the next step was to start to go into one foot jumps. Um or going from two feet to one foot and landing. So like jeté, I have not moved beyond that yet, but my next step is to start doing one foot jumps, like jeté, ton levé, ton levé, ton levé, on jeté, ton levé, ton levé, ton levé. Um, maybe some balanés, uh, different things like that. Then I'll start adding beats. Um, and then I'll start doing medium jumps like seasons. Um, and then, uh, maybe like pot and then I'll build a bigger two foot jumps like season large seasons, then maybe landing on from two feet to one foot season of vert. Um, and then I'll start building the soda shaw. So I'm not there yet. And those things are not super important for me because like I've said, I'm retired, but this is very, very strategic because it's a very unprecedented time we've been in. Those of us who have been through significant injuries and taken a lot of time off, we've had the luck uh, of having usually a physical therapist by our side. But for a lot of us, it's weird because we haven't been injured through this time, but we've had to treat coming back like we've been injured. Um, for me personally, I know that, uh, once I actually got in a studio that I realized two things. One was that my ability to jump was just insane, insanely bad. Um, and like my legs get so tired, I get winded so fast, but even more so than my ability to jump because I've been working in the small entrance way of my apartment, my ability to travel is actually what has taken, uh, a big hit and my legs get tired so quickly and then I can't execute like the stationary things um, because my legs are already so tired. Like if I go like uh, waltz turn and waltz turn tombe, pas de bourre, fifth chasse to fourth pirouette landing down on the oar. Um, I 
suck at the Pira Ande or because my legs are so tired from just that traveling step, which I took for granted because I guess my legs were like that when I was like 12, 13, 14. But then like 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, as I went into my finishing training, you just do it and you take it for granted because you don't really remember like what it was like to not be able to do it because you didn't have the knowledge of what it was like to do it. So coming back to it with the knowledge of how it should be and not being able to physically do it has been shocking for me. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, one thing that I find could be very helpful is actually going outside in your sneakers and doing exercises where you're kind of like pushing yourself across from one leg. So like go to a park and like bend your knees, push your left leg, push your right leg forward and then stretch your left knee and propel yourself forward and do that constantly. And then do like chasse tombe potabores or even chasse, chasse across the floor. Um, that's going to be something that really, really needs to be built back up. Um, cause that's sort of like propelling you to have the force to do big jumps. Um, and then hopefully if you build that, you'll be able to, uh, get your legs strong enough that once you can jump, you'll have enough force to go up and then also land. It should be very strategic. Um, nobody should just be like going into class, like uh, executing from beginning to end. Um, I can tell you for a fact, like when I go back into teaching, um, well, it's not back in, but when I go into teaching the children's program at Broadway Dance Center next week, I will definitely probably not get them off of bar for a few weeks. Um, and then we will just slowly start to work our way back into other things. Um, so yeah, that's that. Oh my God, I just almost had a heart attack. A feather blew out from a pillow on our couch and I thought that a bee had flown into the apartment. Didn't scream though, lucky for y'all. But okay, so yeah, that's pretty much like what I would recommend in building your way back. That's how I'm going about it. Um, the the final most important part to, to all this is self-care. Um, I, I don't really want to talk about this. Um, I guess I now have to because I just said that. Um, my, my chiropractor, unfortunately, passed away the first week of the shutdown here in New York City. So I don't have a chiropractor right now and I have to find a new chiropractor. Um, so for me, um, getting back into shape has been interesting because for me, usually like my back is the thing that gets twisted and gets affected. Um, not having something to return to immediately has been nice because I it's given me time to like if my back starts to bother me like just stepping back like how far I'm how hard I'm pushing and then getting back into it but more important and I wrote about this in a, a dance teacher article that I wrote for that that magazine um like actually having the time for self-care has been extremely valuable to me usually I'm not at my apartment. Like I, I wake up, I have breakfast, I get ready, I go, and then I don't come back until late at night. So I don't have a lot of time for me. And even if I go take class, I usually am running to go teach another class. Um, so for me, like having time at home to really like roll on a tennis ball in my problem areas, um, or to like roll on the roller, uh, or to, uh, do different things. Um, we got this amazing, it's like a shiatsu, machine like massage for your spine it goes all the way from your lower back up to your neck it's called zillion 
Z-Y-L-L-I-O-N. Zillion, I think. Um, it's been amazing, especially with like having back issues. It, it creates heat and it sort of goes in this like in to out, in to out, up the spine, down the spine, and you can move it up and down to however you need it. Um, not sponsored, but yo, if you want to sponsor me, um, go ahead, Zillion. But yeah, um, so for me, like it's been super, super valuable and super important to make sure that I've been uh, taking better care of my body because a I don't have as much money as I did before with the cancellation of all of my work for the entire summer. Usually that's like a big cushion. I lost over $20,000 this summer in work. Um, and then with all the confusion and un, like and not knowing like if unemployment's really going to come through for us, like I still haven't gotten my $300 per week that I'm supposed to be getting. Um, I don't have expendable income for physical therapy, for chiropractic, to find a new chiropractor um, and to go get a massage or, I don't know, acupuncture, all those different types of things. So for me, like I've gotten value and saved money by having more time at home and being able to actually like take some time to focus on, on taking care of myself. So it's really important that you do the same thing as you get back into shape because your body is not going to react the way it typically would if you've taken a lot of time off or even if you haven't taken time off, but you've been working stationary like me. Um, so please do make sure that you keep that in mind. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what I would recommend for you. That's what I'm doing for myself. Um, and I think the most important thing just to recognize is that you have to be patient and forgiving of yourself. I am, I'm really hard on myself. And even, even though I'm retired, like sometimes I'll get pissed off in class if something doesn't go right. And then I'll like have to stop myself, take a breath and be like, yo, you're retired. It doesn't matter. Like you don't have to do these things and you're not going to go on stage and you're not going to get hired and fired and cast based off of like how well you're dancing. Um, I've moved beyond that stage and that's a luxury for me. But even for those of you that, that are worried about getting uh, a job, keeping your job, getting cast, uh, getting a college scholarship, getting into that program that you've always dreamt of, um, it's just so important for you to be patient and forgiving of yourself during this time um, because these are unprecedented. We don't know times like this. Um, nothing has happened like this in a hundred years. So... Um, and everything was different then. They didn't have the technology to like keep at it. They just had to either do it on their own or, or wait till it was over um, back during the Spanish flu. So it's, it's just so important for you to be patient in coming back because if you're patient, you'll get back health in a healthy way and you'll be a lot less likely to get injured or be burnt out in the end. And also just forgiving yourself and I don't know, this is, <laughs> I keep on saying this, it's horrible. But like for me, one of the most like, centering thing for me and I'm competitive with myself and I'm not like directly competitive with people but it's hard for me to like feel stagnant while I get to watch other people grow maybe that's a part of what was going on with me yesterday when I read that that quote from uh Madeline on uh, from Finnish National Ballet maybe there was like a hint of jealousy there where I was like how come they're getting to do things and I don't have that option um, but yeah, for me, like I've taken a lot of solace during this time and the fact that everybody has stagnated together, <laughs> that everybody just had to stop together. People, very few people were like succeeding and growing and, uh, getting ahead during this time. We were all on the same page. So there, there's always that pressure of like, what's it called? Like keeping up with the Joneses. 
Um, but there was nobody to keep up with during this time. Um, it was all just about survival and about physical and mental health and about uh, making it through. So now that we're starting to come out of that, it's important that you don't go right back into that mentality of looking at others and comparing yourself to others and really just making sure that you're able to get back to where you are because it's a lot better to get back to where you were um, and maybe even in a better way slowly than it is to get there really quickly and then be injured and burnt out or or injured or burnt out. Um, so yeah, these are my recommendations for you. Uh, I hope that this is helpful to you. Um, even though it's a shorter episode and I, I'm surprised I've even been able to get 35 minutes out. Shocking. Just let me talk and I start <laughs> getting there is the problem. Once I start talking... <laughs> It just keeps on going, apparently. Like I said, I'm surprised we're at 35 minutes here. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what I'm doing. I hope that this helps you out. I hope it gives you some perspective. And I hope that um, if you are working in a capacity in a studio where they're not offering this to you, that maybe you take a little bit of uh, your own care upon yourself um, and either try to step it back a little bit if, if possible, or to, um, maybe you're dancing two days a week that maybe two more days a week, you do it on your own in this capacity. So yeah, that's that. I hope that you all have a wonderful return to the studio. I hope that you're getting to stay returned to the studio and not that we don't have to shut down again soon. Um, also just a reminder, if you, uh, if you want to help support my company in uh, building our, our Nutcracker, I would love for you to, to uh, check out what we're doing. Um, it's, again, at Indiegogo. You can find that link on my Instagram at bcorollis or on our company's Instagram at movement underscore headquarters. That's with an S. Um, and consider making a contribution because, you know, $10 now is is not that hard. And also, if you pay $10, it's matched $10. So it's actually $20. If you pay $25, it's matched $25. So it's $50. Um, we need your support. And the only way that arts organizations are going to survive now um, is through that support. And I, I hope that me continuing to to give through these podcasts and in, in different ways uh, that, that you'll be able to give back to us just a little bit. I'd be so grateful. Um, so yeah, with all of that said, I hope that you have a wonderful day, evening, night. Maybe it's 4 a.m. and you just needed to like get your mind off something. I hope that you're that you, that this this brings uh, something positive to you um, in your day. All right. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorliss.com. You can also check out my company in my company webpage. I realize I didn't actually spell that out for you, so I'm going to go backwards. It's www.barrykerollis.com. That's always important because a lot of times people spell my name Barry, B-E-R-R-Y, and I think, who would name a child Barry? <laughs> anyway, you can also check out my company by visiting www.movementhqballet.org. 
Uh, you can reach out on those websites if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements or virtual classes. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcast on the Premier Dance Network. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Corollis, or Twitter at, on Twitter at Bariscos. My company also has Instagram at movement underscore headquarters. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blogs. I have Life of a Freelance Dancer at Life of a Freelance Dancer blog, at dot blogspot.com. Uh, and I wrote on there for five years about working as a freelance artist traveling the country, performing on stages nationwide. I also have dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. And on Dancing Off Stage, I wrote about the post performance careers of professional dancers. I also have two YouTube, YouTube channels. I have B. Corollis, which features my choreography, and then also Movement Headquarters has its own personal YouTube channel as well. Thanks for listening in to Pod to Chat. I hope you return two weeks from this Friday to talk dance with me. And remember to go out and support your local dance scene.